What's up, everyone? You're listening to The Roz Project. My name is Ivan Temelkov, and I'm your host. And on this podcast, we talk about uh, entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech, and marketing. And as always, it's 100% real, raw, and unfiltered. So I'm really excited about this episode because uh, this is part two uh, of my conversation with uh, Maria Betancourt, who I had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and had such an amazing conversation that I wanted to have her back on uh, the podcast to get a little bit more personal and talk a little bit more about her story as well. So uh, welcome, Maria. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's amazing to be able to share part two and continue on our, our conversation. I really did enjoy our part one. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that towards the end of our, of our first podcast that we did, we started getting, we started digging a little bit more deeper into like life and roots. And, and, and so, you know, that's where I want to start off. And that's what I really wanted to dedicate this episode towards, because I think that a lot of people forget their roots and their beginnings and where they came from. You know, and it's really easy to do. Let's face it. We live in the social world where everybody's fabricating a version of themselves. They're portraying themselves to be whatever they want to be. They're creating misbeliefs in society. So let's start talking about with, you know, let's go back all the way back to like when your family immigrated here. Let's talk a little bit about that, like the beginnings the beginnings. Wow. The beginnings were the tough ones. <laughs> um, all right. So it was 13 years ago. So uh, my mother and I came here. I was 10 years old. We first came um, to check it out, you know, do the basics of going to the parks, Disney, uh, seeing if this could be a good fit for us to completely move um, to the United States. So we did it and we liked it. My mother um, was engaged to her then husband and he lived here, which is why we decided to move here. And um, so we, we first visited, we loved it. Uh, we went back, we sort of got everything situated. We sold our furniture. We kept, my mother owned her apartment. So we rented out the apartment and we said our goodbyes and, you know, flew over here. The beginning was tough, um, especially I would think uh, for my mother, because as a young kid, it's easy. You get right into school. And although I didn't know the language, it's Florida where I arrived. So a lot of people did mm -hmm. speak Spanish and I would walk around with my little dictionary on my hand and kind of found a clique of girls that spoke Spanish and would help me out. For my mother was a lot tougher because adults, for whatever reason, are not as friendly as little kids. It's something I wish we kept, you know, the asking questions. As kids, we ask questions. Um, we're not afraid to go up to an individual and say, hey, you want to play? And I think that same thing we should apply as adults. But anyway, um, she didn't have a lot of friends. It was just her, her husband um, and myself. So it was, uh, we lived in a one-bedroom apartment. And so I remember they did actually a two bedroom apartment and the other bedroom was rented out to um, my mother's husband's brother. And so they did a little like, you know, those those, those boards at the office that you divide the dividers. Yeah. They, 
yeah, I don't know what those are called, but whatever. They divided sure. the living room and then put a bed there for me. And that was like my little room. And so I went from in Columbia, you know, having my own bedroom, my own beautiful furniture, being my mother's best friend, going to the movies together, going dining, you know, you know, we, we lived well. She had a decent job. I went from all of that to living in a little, you know, a uh, mattress and the floor in the living room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as things got better, we were able to move into a nicer apartment where I was able to have my own room. Um, it was very tough because my mother and her husband did not have the best relationship. It was actually very toxic. And then I have a 10 year old brother who came along. It was unexpected. Mm-hmm. So that sort of kept them together to be able to raise the kid, but it wasn't a good environment. So it was a lot of toxicity going on that I grew up by. Eventually he leaves um, to work. My mother was pregnant and um, he, because he lost his job. So, you know, we were really struggling. My mother cleaned houses and till the last day of her being pregnant, she was cleaning houses because he lost his job and it's unfortunate, but you know, his mentality was, I'm not going to just work anywhere. You know, he was, a he worked for a company um, and delivered deliveries, you know, on a truck. And he would say, well, um, I'm not going to just go at a restaurant or work, whatever, you know, I, I deserve the job that I've been working. So he stayed in the couch and it was my mother working. So that was very tough. And I think that was when my mom realized this is not, you know, the future that I want for myself and for my kids. Um, he ended up getting a job um, in Fort Pierce, Fort Myers. That's about two hours away from where we lived, the three hours. And so he left and then it was just my mom my newborn brother and I, at that time, my mother landed in the hospital right after giving birth to my brother um, because so much stress, you know, of having to right. race me, newborn, all by herself. It was really tough on her. She landed in the hospital and I had to sort of stop going to school um, or leave early to be able to stay with uh, my baby brother, my newborn brother. Um, I remember where we lived downstairs, there was these ladies, they were twins, and one of them had a son, and they were just angels to us. We were very fortunate because since we arrived here, there were angels everywhere. Everybody would help yeah. us, you know, with my brother, you know, when, when you first have a kid, there's so many things you need to buy, um, you know, whether it's clothes, pampers, uh, food, uh, just so much. And we had a church that would help us. And and there was just blessings coming from everywhere. Anyway, these ladies, um, eventually, we got our electricity cut off because my mother was in the hospital. She couldn't pay it. He, um, my brother's father, was MIA. And so we ended up, my brother and I, staying downstairs for about a week. So I would go to school, come home quick. They would take care of my brother where I would, you know, um, get back. And uh, they would feed us and everything. And we're talking about, I was, well, imagine he's 10 now. So that was, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I was, I was young. I was young and having to do a lot of the tasks that tasks that an older person would be doing. Um, anyway, eventually my mother gets out of the hospital. He comes home um, that same day to turn on the electricity 
and I, I do the bunny fing- fingers for those that are listening and not watching. Right. He, he brings um, what is that? The cable, the the ex- uh, to extend. Um, what is it called? The um, to to extension a- cord. Extension cord. Wow! I just had a brain fart. <laughs> An extension cord and gets electricity from outside into the house just to connect the the fridge and uh, my mother and i were just like this is your help like this is what you're coming to do at the yeah. same time this lady's coming from church to help us out she was um going to be giving my mother the money for the electricity that way she could help her be back on her feet um now that she was getting out of the hospital and be able to work and the kids have a place to live where there's electricity and food and everything else and um it's such a vivid image. And, and, and I say this because unfortunately I don't have a lot of uh, background as far as like how I grew up because, you know, when it's a tough upbringing, your parents don't want to tell you the true story when they've had their own tough time, they don't want to tell you their own story. So you're like taking up bits and uh, bits and pieces. So that day i remember the lady comes and she grabs my brother and goes don't worry you have an aunt here uh you have a political aunt here we call it in spanish right that's gonna take care of you and he heard that and he went ballistic and we had to call the cops we had to call the cops yeah and um it was just that was the end i think for a little while and that was basically in a nutshell what coming to the states was (laughs) You know, there's so much about that, that, so there's so many pieces of that, that are so important. And I think are core to where you are today that I don't think you even realize, honestly. So take it all the way back when you were talking about when you first moved here and you suddenly went from, you know, having more space to being very limited in space, you you suddenly realized that well, it was a big question mark, but I think in the long term, it really helped you realize to have more gratitude for the things that you have. Because let's face it, right now, your life is probably going in the best way that you had envisioned with, you know, your real estate career uh, that we talked about, also with, with um, your health and wellness, you know, endeavors also. But that wasn't always the case. You know, like it, it wasn't always the case where you were living the lifestyle that you're living now. It took a lot of grinding and hustling, a lot of appreciation of humble beginnings to get to that point. And I think that's what was the the driver, the motivator for you. I mean, I could be wrong here, but I think it was. No, I think, yeah, you're definitely right. I think the biggest motivating factor was, like I said, I came from having a decent life with my mother at 10 years old to like completely having nothing and starting back up. And I said, I never want to go back to that ever again. You know, she did do this for a reason. And this is a little bit of what we were touching uh, in part one. She did give up a lot to give me a better life. And I don't ever want to go back to sleeping and on a floor and a mattress, right? And neither, right. I don't want her to go back to that either. So that's a huge motivating factor for me. Um, and also because, and I, I, I always saw my mother as having to be like this independent, um, doesn't, and, and, and it's, it's a good and a bad thing because I've 
worked a lot on this to change my perception of, you know, a man has a role and a, and a woman has a role and you right. gotta work within those roles. My mother, unfortunately, she never had that man figure, that male figure in her life where she could share roles. It was always just her doing all the roles, being a father, a mother, a husband, a wife, and everything. So I grew up seeing that mentality. And I think that's why also I am so independent. And so like, I got my own and I refused to be the wife at home, not working, just getting my nails done at a spot every day. It's a mentality that needs to be balanced too, because there, you know, you got to give and take, you also got to give the man and the male their, their, their space, their, the right to be a, a husband, a father and all these things. Um, so it's, it's one of the things that I, that I, I have worked on. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you kind of took the words out of my head in terms of, you know, you have the rec- recalling of where you started. You remember those beginnings. And actually, since we're on that note is, I mean, um, one of the reasons why I also wanted to do a part two is because, our episode that we did, the first part, is like in the top three or top five most downloaded podcasts in the six-year tenure of this podcast wow. that has gone through like three or four uh, name changes. And it's, it's one simple reason. It's heartfelt. That's why it's in the top three or top five. I have to take a look. But I know it keeps – right now it's like right at the top because over the last couple of months, you know, in fact, ever since we did part one, what, like two or three weeks ago, roughly, is in that span, it's been number one in that entire range, like the most downloaded. And, you know, I've started to see more people casting reviews on iTunes and saying they're getting, you know, some serious uh, knowledge from here. And I think this is what it's about, you know, is to, to be heartfelt, to be humble, you know, don't have to be the loudest, you know but be the most dedicated, you know, be the most committed. I think that's also why as like entrepreneurs and leaders, we focus so much on ourselves and building ourselves and just focusing on being a better person, better human, better everything. Because when we do that and we excel at every single part of our, our, who we are, then we're able to share better stories and, teach people and help them better because i mean like you say we're all humans and we can't follow this like perfect prototype of how you need to be we all have different flaws we all have different things that when you work on them and you go to your core to your deepest starting from your roots you know where you came from and you know what mentality you grew up with and what you need to change all these things make you be knowledgeable and and that is what you're learning and that is what you said, what you said, what drives you. And that is what people get all of that, you know, just kind of grasp all that knowledge and take it in and, and, and apply it. Right. It's not just Absolutely. some robot, robot saying you need to do this, this and that. No, you're seeing like, I struggle. I did this, this and that. And how did I get to where I am by learning, by learning and just taking all of my failures or all of my bad, you know, uh, times of my life and and twisting them and taking what did I learn from this what was this trying to teach me and in what way can I better myself to have approached the situation better yeah no uh, that's 
those are some excellent points. And you touched upon entrepreneurship, which, you know, is something that I talk about on this podcast. And I think that there's such a huge misconception, you know, what entrepreneurship is. I mean, entrepreneurship is, you know, a lot of what you said is becoming a better human being and being able to contribute um, to the world to help you know, impact others. It's about impact. It's about change. It's also about becoming the best version of yourself. I mean, speaking of entrepreneurship, I mean, I think a lot of people in the social world that we live in is think that, you know what, I'm going to be the next Steve Jobs or the next Bill Gates and I'm going to blow up overnight. You know, like I just saw uh, earlier this morning that Bill Gates commissioned a 435 million uh, hydrogen uh, yacht. And like most people are like, oh, yeah, like are thinking, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get there in a year. No, you won't. It's just not, you know, it's just not how it works. In fact, most successful entrepreneurs that I've seen, people that have built, you know, successful businesses that have changed their lives also, they've spent 10, 20, some even 30 years of their lives doing that, you know, and for example, I know we're talking about family right before we jumped on the podcast and, you know, seeing what my father did in the first 13 years of his business, he had zero marketing. It was all referral based. It was, can I do the best job possible? You know, even if it means working weekends, even if it means working nights. And by the way, I had kids also to help and support and all this other shit. Right. So, and I think the mentality of entrepreneurship nowadays is just so fabricated, you know, that, People, and that's the problem with the internet too, is just that you can be anybody on the internet and people will believe it. Literally, they see you, oh, this guy's got a picture with a Lambo on Instagram. Holy shit, says on his profile that he's a six-figure entrepreneur, but then you talk to them like on a call or in real life and like, what the fuck, bro? Like, what about all that crap that you're talking about, you know, in your profile? Like, where's the reality in that? Oh, well, that's just, you know, to create a front face. Fuck that. Honestly, that's the problem, I think. And that's why, you know, I really wanted to dedicate this episode to talk about the elements of roots and humble beginnings and how those help you become the best version of yourself. So, you know, you were very young when you were going through this, right? And, and you probably had a million questions, you know, when you first moved here. Like at what point were you started to think that, you know what, I want more out of life? Like what point, like what age were you starting to think about, you know, or did you, because I know um, you got your criminal justice degree, I think it was, bachelor's in criminal justice. Obviously, you know, that was an enticement because I think in part, you know, you realize how much your, your mother sacrificed so you would have a better future. And was that kind of the motivator to say, you know what, like I want more, like my mother sacrificed so much. Like, let's talk a little bit about that. So, so not only was, was it my motivator that my mother sacrificed so much, but also my father, um, my father separated from my mother when I was about two years old mm -hmm. and um, throughout time, you know, he eventually found a new person. He remarried. I have another brother who's 15 on my father's side and they left to live in, um, another city in Colombia. Um, you know, fast forward a couple years, he landed a, a really good job where at the beginning he really did struggle, but he landed um, a great position where it, it ended up putting him years later as one of the presidents of a company um, that is like bulletproof windows, cars and all of that good mm -hmm. stuff. So he was making really good money. And whenever I would see him every, every summer, I would go 
travel to him and this was before I came to the States. So it was, you know, I was like seven, eight, nine years old. Every summer I would go and see him and he lived in this beautiful mansion and and my my his wife had this closet that was like I always said like when I'm older and I can work, I'm gonna give this to myself. I'm gonna have that closet with the shoes up and down and then their jeans and everything so organized and I kid you not, that is what I have today. And every time <laughs> I look awesome. at this is no joke. I, I like put it on my social media all the time. They're like, oh my God, you're so organized, your shoes. You know, one is back, the other one's, you know, back and right. forth, sort right. of. And I look at it and I go, you know, I accomplished it. And it's because I always right. saw it in so let me backtrack a little bit. Although my father gave everything to that woman, he was also very um, manipulative to her. So she couldn't work. She couldn't do anything. He didn't want her to do anything. I love my father to death. I love my mother to death. But there's things that we don't agree with, you know, our parents and the way they did. And, you know, they regret it, whatever the case. It's stuff that you learn. You don't judge them but you keep it to yourself. So you apply it and don't let it happen to you. Right. So you live um, or by example. And so he, he was very manipulative of her. She couldn't go to work. Um, She stayed at home. She was very young and um, he would cheat on her. I mean, it was just not anything I want, you know, for me. So that's why I would look at that and I'm like, wow, you know, she's staying through it all. Is it because of everything he's giving her? And I said, well, I'm going to give it to myself. I'm not going to allow that. And it's interesting enough that my ex-husband and I had a similar situation where he did want me working. He did want all of that. Um, It was a very toxic relationship. He did a lot of, you know, the cheating, the going out late at night, all these different things. And I had the closet up and down and I had it all. And, you know, I was a trophy wife. It was, we were well off. I had no money issues. Although again, like I said, I was always working myself. Mm -hmm. And then I realized now that I've sort of gone through the motion, people, a lot of people cannot get out of their comfort zone. Comfort zones are, that's exactly what it is. A comfort zone. You can't get out. My father's ex, ex ex-wife, couldn't get out. She was there comfortable because she had what she needed at whatever cost it took. Yeah. I have always been an individual that I do not like to be in a comfort zone. I like to challenge myself. And when that challenge came with my ex-husband, I said, I can't do this. I can't, I, I can give all of this to myself, but it's taking away peace. It's taking away tranquility. Right. It's taking away a lot of things. And so I got out of that comfort zone. And that's a huge challenge that not, not a lot of people can do. And like I said, now on my own, I have my house. I have my closet. I have all these things. And that is one of going back to the question. It's one of the biggest motivating factors, seeing it right. as I grew up and, and seeing the things that, okay, I want that, but not like that. Right. Here I am applying it. Um, You know, I just got to thinking about this as you were sharing um, that I think you are the epitome of the American dream 
uh, one version of it anyway, because everyone has their own version. Because so we were talking about all these things, like you were talking about the the shoe rack, like you know you remember that, and now you have it, and now you have your own home, and you know like you've accomplished all these things, and you're also humbling realizing it. That's the biggest difference is that you're realizing you're not taking it for granted. Because I'll tell you this, I've met plenty of people. In fact, I had a client in Miami actually that was one of the biggest builders in uh, I think it was Miami Beach. Had a few high rises. The guy was living on like, fuck, I don't remember, 20th floor. You could have a 360 view. I walked out on his balcony. I might even still have it on my phone. A video, 360 view. I'm like, holy fuck, this guy is rolling. He was driving like a the latest model Porsche. Like the guy was just living a lavish style, right? And it, those people. You could tell by character and personality how quickly they forget how they got there because they get so immersed in like their lifestyle, you know, living in this ginormous apartment and having all this stuff and thinking that your life is so perfect. And the one thing I should have realized then is just that the guy was a total dick for one, like bad personality, arrogant, uh, we rode in his car. The guy almost killed me going down fucking, you know, through Miami because he was trying to act all hardcore and shit. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, we, we went down to the grocery store because uh, he was a client. It was a collaborative initiative. And uh, uh, we just ran down to the grocery store to pick up some things, of course, in this fancy car and all that. But and here's the other thing I wanted to mention. Yeah, so Tony Robbins says adversity pushes us into action. The only way you're going to get what you want is to remain uncomfortable all the fucking time because good things do not happen for com from comfort. comfort do not. At least things that are worthy do not happen for comfort. And when I talk about comfort is what do most people attribute comfort to these days? Money, right? Why? Because they think that money is going to solve their problems. They think money is going to bring happiness. I know people who have a shitload of money, but they suck at their relationships. They're unhappy. They have depression, anxiety, you know, because they live in this bubble. And I think that goes with a misconception of an entrepreneur, you know, and you say it all mm -hmm. over social media, especially Instagram, entrepreneur means you're a millionaire. Um, entrepreneur means money. And everybody's looking at it with like this dollar sign eyes and they're forgetting about like... Right personal growth and and so i see i've been seeing recently this quote that says um money doesn't make you happy but neither does being broke but right. so then it's being put in two separate extremes like happiness is money or and i think about this quote and i say well the thing is that we're associating happiness and money and entrepreneurship and money and we're missing like the biggest thing which is who you are as an individual and as a person and right. personal growth. It is a key component to being an entrepreneur. And they say, you know, I read a lot of books. I do audiobooks, and um, mm -hmm. they say that we pick our parents. I don't know. Um, not everybody is, you know, everybody has different religion. Other people are believing right. and, and I respect to each his own. I'm very spiritual. And they say that we pick our parents. Um, yeah. And I believe <clears throat> so heavily on this because there's this other um 
saying people say you know depending who the person come comes from is who they are so if they see a woman so they see myself they take okay maria maria comes from a broken home maria comes from a mother that you know second marriage and her father's right. second marriage and both are single or whatever the case oh so maria must be the same broken marriage and blah 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 and that is so Right. wrong because we pick our parents and there's going to be a reason why I picked my mother and the father and I have come to realize that the reason why I picked them is because I needed to work on myself and see their see them as a mirror and see that is what I'm not going to be and that has pushed me to be the woman I am today I am thankful for all of their mistakes because it has yeah. showed me what I can be you know, I'm not discrediting anything they did. My mom always tells me we don't, we weren't born knowing. We weren't born knowing how to be a mother, a wife, a sister, and right. but we learn and we learn how through mistakes. Um, so I think that is such a such an important thing to get out there that just because you know you are in your family's history, you are not. You are making. You have right. a clean slate to make a difference and work on yourself to be better than them. But there's you know, two things I was trying to, to make sure that I can respond to what you said. Um, so the first one was uh, how you, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's how you make your money. That's actually something like Gary Vaynerchuk, I, that's why I wanted to share it because I know you're a Gary Vee fan, um, that you shared it. So the way you make your money from an ethical standpoint is extremely important. It's more important than anything else. And that's a key difference. It's not just to make money because there's a lot of people that are making money the wrong way. And they think that that's going to fill a void, um, you know, uh, that, that they have. Um, so it's really important, you know, to, uh, to make your money the right way, mainly from an ethical standpoint by like generally helping people and contributing in some form or fashion, you know, uh, to society. Because I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs forget. Is this that business has always been, you know, about community and helping people. You know, it's just, I think in this, like you said, dollar signs, entrepreneur age that we live in, that's been so scrutinized by, by society that, you know, the humble beginnings of an entrepreneur, which by the way, as an entrepreneur, you're a backbone of a U.S. economy because as you're building a new brand, you're also contributing to job growth. So in fact, the U.S. economy needs entrepreneurs because there's a constant need for building businesses because those small businesses, which are the backbone of the U.S. economy, are contributing to job growth. Because if there's no entrepreneurs with fresh ideas, the economy is stagnant. And that's been the problem. That's why now more than ever, entrepreneurs are in high demand because there's a, there's, there's a desperate need. Like, you know, the Elon Musk's of the world, right? Is Tesla is, I think I heard last year, they sold like 370,000 cars, some ridiculous number, right? But if it wasn't for Tesla, there wouldn't be a huge innovation uh, behind electric vehicles. And companies like, you know, General Motors that were dominating the automotive industry worldwide are now finally redesigning like, oh shit, we're stagnant. We need to become more relevant because that's why we're seeing all these drawbacks and cutbacks and, you know, uh, uh, job elimination because we're just not innovating. So as an entrepreneur, and I think I lost my second train of thought that I wanted to share. <laughs> so I'm kind of continuing this because there was so much that you shared that I just wanted to respond to 
because you know, like I remember when you were talking about like with your real estate business and now growing and now you have a couple people that you work with also. I, I also wanted to serve that as a reminder that you are contributing to the U.S. economy, you know, and this is why entrepreneurs and small businesses also get some, you know, tax breaks because we're a lot smaller and small businesses, I don't know, 15 million or 20 million, I think it's kind of the cut. In terms of the upper upper end, that's what a small business is basically. Because I think twenty million and above, or twenty five million and above, is more of a mid sized business, basically, right? But if it's not for those small businesses like yours, <laughs> right? You know, the economy wouldn't be thriving because there's many of you, many of me out there that have this wild idea that we're chasing, and you know, we we never we don't know if it's going to come to fruition. You know, there's no guarantee, you know, and it's actually so ironic because you were talking about, you know, your family. And I think where I was going with that is I think it's so important. I think we talked about this in the first episode is that the differentiating factor between you and other real estate agents is, is I think your story. I think it's your humble beginnings. And, oh, I just remember my train of thought. Uh, the reason why, no, this is really key because you said this, you said, um, that society misconstrues you because they remember you that you came from a broken home. That's what society sees, right? Do you know why the news, the local news, talks about nothing more than murder, killings, and bad things? Because good things don't sell. Newspapers don't sell for good stories. They're 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 like the the cream of the uh, of the top. Like it's 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 the it's the uh, the sugar. It's the you know the the cherry on the top. That's all that it is, but it's just a small portion of it. You want to know why? It's because people gravitate to fucking chaos. They enjoy it as human beings. Why? Because it's melodramatic. Is why? Because people are like, oh, someone got killed. Oh, shit. You know, let, let, let's, let's hear more about it. Like, what's the, what's the good in that? Why not talk about more about, you know, what's happening in schools or how the world is changing positively? When was the last time you heard that on the news? When's right. the last time you heard that on social media? This is why people like you and me need more positivity. And I, and I told you this in the first episode. I think having the story, you know, rags to riches is I think your story is rags to riches. Is There's a beauty in that because Warren Buffett is a rags to riches, right? But... People don't appreciate the rags to riches story until you get to the top. Like they don't, they don't see what happens between the bottom and the top. They don't see this. They don't want to see the climb. They just want to see, all right, she got to the top. Now I'm interested in how she got to the top. Exactly. That, that's just it. And, you know, we could literally chat more about this because there's so much knowledge here that I think is going to be eye-opening, you know, to so many people. So I just want to, you know, kind of put the bow on this by, by asking you, so what's in Maria's agenda for 2020? Let, let's share that with the rest of the world. So Maria's agenda for 2020, as I mentioned in part one, I uh, recently um, opened my interior design business. I am taking the online course, although I don't need to be a certified interior designer to apply that. Um, I do want to get the certification just to have that more, that much more knowledge and bring quality to my clients. So 2020 mm -hmm. is, uh, I opened up my, uh, it's called Maccabi Designs. It's my interior design company. It goes hand in hand with my real estate, which is Maccabi Group. 
Um, and then I'm also going to be working on a, um, maybe I shouldn't say this, but whatever I'm saying it, uh, <laughs> a little, a little coaching for women like myself, girls that have just graduated from high school, have just graduated from college and they say, now what? Okay. Like, what right. do I do now? You don't need to, you know, pursue this mindset of you have to go to college to make money and do all these things. So I'm going to be working on a coaching program, one-on-one, um, putting it together. Now it's a lot of, you know, because it's taking everything that is in this little head onto a PowerPoint and like right. step by step. So it takes time, but I'm working on that to be able to share with the girls because I've noticed a lot of females follow me on social media and they're like, how'd you do this? Oh my God, I admire you so much and right. this and that. And I'm not showing enough of what it took to get there. I'm just showing where I'm at right now. And I feel like women need to see that grind, that rise. What did Maria do for the past, you know, four or five years to get to where she's at and um, the struggles on my getting out of that comfort zone, challenging myself, my heart breaks, all of that in one. So I'm working on that. Um, and then I'm also working on my house. Like I said, in part one, I'm still remodeling my house. I'm in phase two of the remodel. It's almost complete. I'm very, very excited. But um, 2020 for me is going to be full of getting out of my comfort zone, which I started mm -hmm. by asking for a divorce, <laughs> getting a divorce and getting out there and on yeah. my, that was like yeah. my biggest breakthrough and yep. um so yeah 2020 full of getting out of my comfort zone i'm going to be scheduling another um session to do ayahuasca again i think that 2020 is also about a lot of growth in order for me to okay. grow my business i have to grow myself and work on myself so uh not focused on relationships right now on a personal level you know dating sure. I'm focused on growing my businesses um, and growing myself and expanding myself as far as who I am. So at the beginning, yeah. before we got on the live, I told you right now I'm in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi with a family that I have here. It's my aunt. We grew up together. She sort of helped my mother and my grandmother raised me and she's seen everything from a third person point of view. So she knows what my father was like, what my mother right. was like, what right. everybody was like. So I've been sort of picking her brain and finding out, you know, what happened growing up? Like who were my parents? How did they meet? Um, how did things, you know, on what happened? I just want to know at my core. And it's crazy because as she's telling me things, I'm realizing mm -hmm wow, I was following at some point what my mom and my father's life was like, and I broke that chain. And that is the most important thing. I want to yeah. focus on breaking chains and just bettering myself. And in a nutshell, that's my 2020. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited for you. It sounds like you've got a big agenda in front of you. I want to thank you for, you know, coming on the show again and doing this part too was absolutely amazing. And uh, I'm excited to see all your growth in 2020. I'm excited about hearing about it, hopefully at the end of the year. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.